sometimes people talk about, oh, they're the alt-right, the most extreme version of the alt-right. That's not true. They're not alt-right. These guys are completely different. They're much more extreme. Um, to give you some idea, you know, they're not Holocaust deniers. They're Holocaust advocates, you know. So they'll say, well, maybe it did happen, maybe it didn't. But, you know, we hope it did and we, we wished it was worse. You're listening to War College, a weekly podcast that brings you the stories from behind the front lines. Here are your hosts, Matthew Galt and Jason Fields. Hello, welcome to War College. I'm your host, Matthew Galt. Domestic terrorism is a growing threat in the United States. From online chatter to real-world violence, more individuals are taking violent political action in America. Recently, ProPublica published an exposé on such one such group, Adam Waffen Division. Jake Hanrahan is one of the authors of that ProPublica story and is here with us today to talk about Adam Waffen Division and what makes them so dangerous and so unique. Hanrahan is a journalist and a filmmaker from the UK. His work has appeared in The Guardian and HBO's Vice News. Jake, thank you so much for joining us. Brilliant. Thanks for having me on. Let's go through the basics. What is the Adam Waffen Division? So the Adam Waffen Division is, I think it can be best described as a semi-underground neo-Nazi militant group in America. Um, but they're not like, you know, sometimes people talk about, oh, they're the alt-right, the most extreme version of the alt-right. That's not true. They're not alt-right. These guys are completely different. They're much more extreme. Um, to give you some idea, you know, they're not Holocaust deniers. They're Holocaust advocates, you know. So they'll say, well, maybe it did happen, maybe it didn't. But, you know, we hope it did and we, we wished it was worse sort of thing. So they're about as extreme as it gets. And they don't believe in turning up protests and doing all this stuff. They gather in small groups. Um, they have 20 plus cells all over America. Uh, they do arms training. And, yeah, they operate on this kind of lone wolf basis. Um, so far, they're linked to five murders and a bomb plot. Right, because if you think about the alt-right, most of them, like you think Richard Spencer, want to work kind of within the existing political system, right? Adam Waffen Division wants to destroy that existing political system. That, that's exactly it, yeah. They're, they're nihilists in a way because, um, yeah, they don't want to, they, they don't even like America, you know. They burn the American flag. There's footage of them burning the Constitution. Um, yeah, they don't want to be a part of the system at all. They want to be completely outside of it. Um, they're anarchists in that way, if you know what I mean. They're kind of like, I don't know. Someone asked me, how would you describe them the other day? And I was like, they're like anarchist, neo-Nazi, occultist. Like there, it's, it's all in there, you know. It's pretty much the accumulation of like the internet, computer games generation, you know, on Nazism. Um, and they're, yeah, they're about as extreme as it gets. Okay, where does the name come from? So Atomwaffen can be translated as atomic weapons uh, in German, so Atomwaffen Division. Um, one of their, their leader, he was connected to a bomb plot um, and the police believed that he was plotting to, uh, one of them was pot plotting to blow up a nuclear power station or something like that in America. So I guess it kind of comes from around that. But, you know, atomic weapons, the end of the world is kind of their aesthetic. Another thing that makes them distinct from a lot of the other groups is that they have been linked to actual violent crime. Can we talk about some of those crimes? So, yeah, so their leader, uh, one of their kind of co-founders or one of the guys who was close to the leadership when it started, Dylan, he converted to Islam, um, but he stayed with an atom often because he was, you know, he believed in very extreme Salafi 
um, you know, extremist Sunni Islam, which Atomwoff and, you know, Sam Woodward, the uh, accused murderer of um, this boy in California, have been, you know, he said that they're pro-ISIS. They prefer to have a world like ISIS wants um, as opposed to, you know, so-called liberal world that they, they hate so much. So this kid got into um, extremist Islam uh, and he ended up shooting two of the main members uh, of Atomwoff and dead. So that was the first two murders. He said that they were uh, planning to, you know, kill Muslims and that's why he did it. But uh, there's, you know, there's no one really is quite sure what happened there. Uh, and then when the police raided the house, he was living with uh, Brendan, who was the, the, you know, the very founder of Atomwoff. And, um, and they found TATP um, homemade explosives in the basement. You know, I think Brandon admitted that was his. So he was, you know, building explosives. Um, and then there was uh, Nick, this kid, Nicholas Giampa, I think his name is pronounced. He shot his girlfriend's parents dead when they found out that he was a neo-Nazi, kind of tried to stop her seeing him. So he went in and shot both of them dead. And now there is the most recent one, which is the one where I started to, you know, really start investigating these guys after finding out that he was a member of Atomwoff. And uh, Sam Woodward in California, he stabbed a boy called Blaze Bernstein, who was uh, gay and Jewish and he'd gone to school with Sam. Um, and then he was home for the holidays, met Sam in a park. He was found dead a few days later, stabbed 20 times and buried in a shallow grave. Um, uh, originally, the police were saying this might be a hate crime. You know, Sam seems to be quite right wing. Um, and then after I've been looking into Atomoffin for about two years now. And after all that, someone actually contacted me because they knew that I was, you know, quite interested in Atomoffin and said, look, you need to look at this kid. Um, he's not just right wing, he's extreme, you know, he's, he's neo-Nazi, he's a part of Atomoffen. And I thought, come on, you know, like it came from like weird right wing Twitter, like people on there and, you know, all these rumors and stuff, but this kid actually knew him. So I, you know, he provided me some evidence and then I found someone else and then I found a third person. They all said the same thing. And as you can see in that big thread I did on Twitter, I kind of showed my, my evidence, um, as I came across it to just show, look, this is what it is. Um, and everybody could have a look. Right. We're going to link to the, the your Twitter thread, which I think is it's pretty important for decoding all of this, because it is very odd. And I think you kind of touched on one of the things that I think is really odd and, and interesting about it, uh, darkly interesting, unfortunately. One of them had converted to Islam and was going through this ideological shift and killed some of the other members. Their ideology is um, malleable. It's It seems like it's more about causing chaos than it is about any kind of particular adherence to any particular group or book is that true um well it's yeah kind of it's hard to pin down in a way because they well they follow a book called siege which is um a collection of neo-nazi newsletters by an old nazi i think he's uh, i think he's like in his 60s now a guy called james mason um and some atomoffen guys basically found his old writings this was a guy that was a member of the american uh nazi party um, he was in like a militant group and he was writing these newsletters for years through the 80s um, called Siege. And it was basically pushing out the idea that neo-Nazi groups shouldn't join the community, shouldn't join the kind of political sphere. They should split up into small little cells, um, commit lone wolf attacks, commit terrorism, guerrilla warfare um, in a you know, neo-Nazi with a neo-Nazi spin on it. And that's basically what Atom often follows. So they put together Siege, they started selling it. Um, they made it all snazzy, and that has basically become their Bible. Now, there are a lot of other far-right groups uh, in America who also follow Siege, who are not part of Atomoffen, um, but them guys really brought that back out. And, yeah, there's there's a lot of other... Uh, so, for example, on their website now, they have 
They say this is, you know, very specific reading. You have to read this to be a part of us. And there's some weird satanic books on there. Um, you know, there's there's all sorts of stuff that you perhaps wouldn't think about. I know some of them read like uh, Buddhist spiritualism. Uh, looking through their their chats because we have their like two hundred fifty thousand of their their secret chats we've got. Um, and there's a lot of arguing as well, I think, in between what is and isn't Atomwaffen. But again, ultimately, it is, you know, nihilistic chaos so that they can push forward with this neo-Nazi um, revolution that they want. We keep calling them uh, neo-Nazis. And I, I want to, you know, we've had militias and neo-Nazi groups. We've got Aryan Nation in America for years. What what makes Atomwaffen different? What distinguishes them so, I mean, I think Atomoff and, you know, as reprehensible as they are, they kind of see themselves and could be argued they're kind of the real deal of the neo-Nazi groups because they're not out, they're not pantomime Nazis, you know, they're not wandering around and giving interviews and what have you with, you know, swastikas on their backs. They're secretive, um, or at least they were until, you know, our investigation came out. Um, and they're doing arms training, they're collecting members in different states, they've got cells here, there and everywhere, they're a lot more organised than perhaps, you know, area nations who meet and get drunk and, you know, be racist and whatever. Um, these guys, you know, they, they had a rule. And we spoke to one former Atomoffen member and he said the rule is you don't talk about active operations. So, you know, my active operations being actual attacks. Um, the rule is they don't talk about that online. Um, they only do that in person. They have what's called hate camps. So they have secret camps um, where they meet up. They do arms training, ideological training. Um, camping, orienteering, that sort of thing. And they film that and they put it out online. And, pardon me. And um, what I think they've done, which is quite clever of them in you know a very twisted way, is they really captured the kind of 2018, 2017 aesthetic. You know, what is it is going to look cool to somebody? These are not like, you know, marching with kind of, you know, a stiff uniform type thing. These guys are like, you know, tapping into internet memes and if you were a Nazi, you could look at them and think, well, that looks fun and that looks serious, you know. Although their, their, their training videos are quite hilarious, you see them, like, firing automatic rifles, really badly firing them into nowhere. But at the end of the day, you know, who else is doing that? They are the group that are doing that. Um, and they have been linked to these murders, which, in a twisted way, has kind of made them more legitimate, uh, I guess, in the eyes of the kind of neo-Nazi activist. Do we have any idea how how many members there are or how many cells, how big this might actually be? Um, so when we were doing the investigation, um, we know there's about 20, uh, more than 20 cells, I'd say around 20. But again, we don't know exactly how many people are in each cell. Um, but they are all across America. And I think they were in uh, Texas, Virginia, there was Washington, uh, Nevada, other places, California. And they have these cells... Um, and they have various leaders of each cell and they kind of act autonomously. Um, and we think there were about 80 members at one point, but they could, you know, they could have been less, they could have been a bit more, but it was definitely around that, around that number. There has since been an internal, um, split in Atomwaffen due to some of the new members, or new leaders rather, um, being outed as Satanists and kind of fans of the occult, which some of the other Nazis in the group didn't like. They said it was degeneracy. Um, and that has kind of, scuttled the whole thing at the moment what's their leadership structure like um so at the top they have uh, a lad called uh john denton so he is uh, sorry let me get the name right yeah so at the top you have john cameron denton who is the leader of atomoff and he took over after brandon was sent to prison when he was caught with the explosives 
Now, Denton goes by the alias Rape. So they all have aliases. And to give you some kind of idea of what this guy is, you know, his alias is Rape. And he has kind of subordinates around him. He's in Texas. He runs the uh, the whole of Atom Off from his area. And then you have um, other individual leaders in each cell. Uh, we believe that Sam Woodward was a co-leader of the California cell, although we can't quite prove it yet, but we think that was that was quite likely that was possible. Um, so yeah, each cell across America has a leader. They'll report up. Um, but overall, uh, Denton, or, or Rape, you know, as his alias is, um, he decides what goes on. And then there are other people around him, Kimair, um, there's a guy called Vass, loads of other people that decide or help him with the propaganda and the message of Atomoff and, and basically the aesthetic of how they look when they're projecting themselves across the internet and trying to get new members. Were you able to talk to Denton? Uh, and where is he now? Does, you know, do we have any sense of how he's reacted to all the news? As far as we know, he's in Texas. Still, we tried to get in contact with him, but couldn't. Um, we got in contact with one of their guys, um, Hubsky. He turned, he tried to turn on them, basically. Um, so he went by the alias Commissar. His name is Michael Lloyd Hubsky in uh, Las Vegas. He said, you know, if you keep me out of it, then I'll give you information. But, you know, since he's, uh, obviously we didn't do that. We're not going to make a deal with him. Um, and he's gone out. Um, but since the article came out, we know that Atomoffen has deleted all their servers, all their um, Discord servers, which is where we got the messages from, um, and have moved on to a different, um, more encrypted chat app, hilariously keeping in some of the people that, you know, they were considering a traitor before. So I don't think they quite know what's going on. Um, I've, I've had people trolling me, like there was a few guys on Twitter. I think it was, I reckon it was Denton possibly, just because of the way he was talking and the things I've seen him say in the, in the chats. Just saying really weird stuff, like, I don't know, it's quite hilarious to be honest. You know, they were trying to say, like, what information do you want? I'm going to leave. And I was like, obviously, this is bullshit. Um, and they just kind of, you know, went away. But yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely quite shaken by it because, you know, the whole thing is kind of scuttled now. They've been very, very quiet on social media. They've not said a word since. Um, so yeah, I, I imagine they're not too happy. How did they get on your radar? Um, that is a good question. So primarily in my in my um, work, I'm usually in the Middle East or Ukraine or whatever, co- covering conflict. Um, and I've always been fascinated in irregular warfare. So, you know, militias, paramilitaries, that sort of thing. I find that really interesting. And one day I was just looking into the militia scene in America. I was thinking I'd love to do a documentary there one day about these groups. And I somehow, about two years ago, I think it was 2015, I came across, it was very small at the time. I came across this Atomwaffen on Twitter and I saw they were putting up some like really extreme leaflets um, and they were putting them up on universities and stuff like that and I thought wow that's that's quite different I haven't seen a group this extreme at the time they had a Twitter account and I contacted them and I said look I'd love to come to America and you know speak to you guys you know first and foremost what you believe in is I think is disgusting so you know I <laughs> let's get that out of the way but I want to come and hear what they've got to say and that was quite funny because when we got the chat logs, we found out that they, were, they had this like weird plot to kidnap me if I did come. And they were like, yeah, we'll put a bag over Hanran's head and we'll take him here, there and everywhere. So that was quite hilarious to read that. But yeah, I guess I just, I just being obsessive. I'm always like combing the internet, looking at these weird little groups um, and just tracking it obsessively because I, I enjoy it. You know, I just, uh, weird as I am, I find it quite fun to just follow every little detail. So for two years, I was kind of following them. I had a little file, you know, on my computer, just thinking, what are they doing and keeping track. And then when someone contacted me and said, look, Sam Woodward is a part of Atomoff. And that's when I thought, right, this is like their fifth murder. Um, and I've got this information. This kid says that he's a part of it. He says he's a national socialist. So I thought now is the time to kind of 
try and write a little bit on them. Um, and it got to the point where I was I was waiting for editors at various other publications because uh, I'm freelance, so I was waiting for other you know editors. And I just thought, you know what, this is someone else is going to scoop me on this. I can't be bothered. So I just put all the information out on Twitter, and that really blew up. And then that's when ProPublica contacted me and said, "Hey, we want to do an investigation. Like, will you come and work with us and show us what you've got?" Uh, and yeah, and it just went from there. Let's get into some of the the weird occult and ideological stuff here, because I think this this aspect of it is super fascinating and kind of underreported. If you if you go on Gab or you ask some of the other alt right guys, Gab is like an alternative uh, Twitter for the, for the audience. You ask Andrew Anglin, who runs the Daily Stormer, about Adam Waff, and they will tell you that these guys are alt right posers and that they're actually a satanic cult. Unfortunately, a lot of that information didn't make it into the ProPublica piece. I wanted it. Go, I wanted it to, to be in there. I thought it was important, but I get it. They kind of wanted to focus more on the violence and the, uh, the Sam Woodward case. But yeah, so what we found out, um, whilst we were going through it, all of a sudden there was a kid from Atomwaffen who split from them initially, and he was called Vex, that was his username, his alias. So this guy Vex split from them, and he started to post up loads of information um, and inner workings of the, the chats of what Denton and Caleb Cole, who was uh, his alias as Kimer, excuse me, he's like the, the right-hand man, I guess, of, of Denton, uh, and some others, a guy called Ted Bundy was another one, so they have all these weird aliases. Anyway, he started posting up their chats, and it became very clear that these guys were into some kind of satanic, far-right kind of vibe, you know? And these, you know, alias, the, the aliases they all have, if you look at it, kind of tied into it. And anyway, so this one guy split, he started exposing it, and then other Atomwaffen guys looked at this evidence and started to be like, hang on, this is weird. Now, this is what really got me. I, I found this really interesting, because for about... Five or six years now, I've been looking into a group called uh, the Order of Nine Angles, which is a kind of an umbrella term for far right, a far right satanic ideology. Now, it's what they call like left hand path Satanism. So it's not, you know, kind of this LaVey Satanism, which is basically like edgy atheism. Like left hand path is they believe in demons, they believe in, you know, Satan and. Uh, the O9A, the, the Order of Nine Angles, even preach an idea of culling, which means, you know, weak people should be killed. There's, you know, there's kind of myth that if you want to be in the group, you have to sleep for 40 nights in the forest, this kind of stuff. And it started in England, um, I think in the 70s or the 80s. And so I've been following that and I recognize their symbol. And all of a sudden their symbols started popping up when this guy Vex on Atomwaffen started exposing Denton's kind of satanic links. I was, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, no way, this is incredible because... You know, I've been following this for years just out of interest. And it looks like finally, you know, some kind of group is actually trying to do what uh, the Order of Nine Angles is preaching. So that really, I don't know, that really struck me. So technically, it is actually true what that, that lunatic Anglin is saying, that Atomoffen became this far-right neo-Nazi satanic group because Rape or Denton at the top believes in all of this, you know, and he's admitted it. He said, yeah, I am a Satanist, so what? You know, they believe in... Kind of the idea is Asimov is meant to be no no degeneracy as they call it, and believing in Satanism and all this, I guess for those guys is degeneracy. So that's where the split happened, um, and that happened whilst our investigation was going. I know a lot of the Atomov guys think that we got our information from this guy Vex. It's, it's not true. I've never even spoken to the guy, um, but that happened whilst our investigation was going on. So it's quite interesting to just watch that from the sideline and see them kind of destroy themselves, if you like. But uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely quite a big part of it. Well, and the another thing that's interesting about the Order of the Nine Angles, 
part is that in some of their writings, they tell adherents to infiltrate fringe militant groups and push them towards violence, correct? Exactly. So I think that's what really got a lot of the um, original members, if you want, uh, of Atomoff and quite shaken. Because when this Vex started saying, look, you know, rape, Denton, he believes in the Order of Nine Angles. And the guy says yes. And Kimair says yes, we do. Uh, and then he started posting their beliefs. Um, there's a big audio chat where they're arguing in a, in a Discord about it. And he says, well, look, the, the, you know, the, the thing that Order of Nine Angles says is infiltrate far-right groups to kind of co-opt them and take over. And I guess that is what they believe Denton has done. And the Order of Nine Angles in England has been linked to violence, correct? Um, kind of. So the Order of Nine Angles is believed to be started by a guy called David Mayat. Now he, in the 80s, I think even as early as, early as the 70s, was a very, very militant neo-Nazi. He was a part of some of the, the kind of toughest skinhead groups, but he wasn't himself. He was kind of a spiritual, intellectual kind of guy from Yorkshire who just happened to believe in the most disgusting neo-Nazi violence you could think of. And then he ended up becoming a militant uh, Muslim. So he converted to Islam, became like this militant jihadist. And then he came out of that and fell into this weird occult thing that he now calls the mystical way, which I don't know, you know, it's kind of out there. But people believe that David Mayat is uh, the guy behind the alias of Anton, Anton Long, which is, you know, the, the kind of writings of the Order of Nine Angles are all by Anton Long. Um, David Mayat denies it, but perhaps it wasn't him, but I think he was definitely, you know, quite close to it. So in that respect, yes, it could be linked to violence because he was behind a lot of violence that happened uh, in the UK in them times in regards to the neo-Nazi groups. A lot of people have different aliases and shifting ideologies. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think the most interesting thing about the kind of satanic link is that it really speaks to, I guess, the kind of generation that these guys come from. You know, most of them are like 17, 18, up to about 25, some are older. But they're this kind of generation and they believe in, um, you know, nihilism. They want the most extreme they can get. So that's why Atomoffen became the most extreme Nazis. And I guess the most extreme Nazism wasn't even enough for some of them. So they're now like extreme Nazi satanists who follow the order of nine angles you know they it's kind of they're just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it as much as they can get which is kind of hilarious in a in a way if it wasn't for all this you know terrible things like the murders that have happened at the hands of Atomwaffen, allegedly right and this is why siege james mason's siege appeals to them i guess let's talk about that book just a little bit more like what's 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 in there why is that important to them so Siege, yeah, that's a good point. I've read Siege. Um, I read it twice. It's massive. I read it twice. I wanted to be kind of, I don't know, I wanted to know about it. I, I wish I hadn't read it. It's, it's, it's insane, to be honest. Like, the whole thing's mad. And to give you an idea of how extreme it is, I always cite this one line in it. I was reading it, and it really kind of, it shocked me when I read it. And um, so James Mason was friendly with Charles Manson, the late Charles Manson, the, you know, the, the guy that ran the Manson family. So he was friends with him, and when he's talking about the, the Sharon Tate murders, he has this horrible line where he basically defends the murder of Sharon Tate's unborn baby, which I believe was cut from the womb or stabbed while she was, you know, while she was dying, like really horrific. And James Mason says, well, you know, it was, after all, a Jew, as if to say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, that's how extreme it is. He's literally defending the killing of an unborn child. So this guy is about as extreme as you can get. Um, and siege is all about, um, well, literally laying siege to the land, you know, destroying the system, as it were, 
Um, they always refer to the system, the system, the system. You know, they have to destroy the system. And he believes that, you know, the only way to do that is through violence, lone wolf attacks. And Atom often believe that too. You know, they believe that politics is absolutely useless. I think a lot of young people feel like that. You know, they don't feel like there's anyone there to talk to them. They don't feel accounted for. I think you get this, you know, hugely kind of, especially in America, both sides are extremely toxic. Um, nobody wants to talk. And unfortunately, you know, you get these groups like Atomoff and do spring up because they want something more extreme, more definite, you know. And Siege gets, you know, Siege is about as close as it gets to drawing a very militant line in the sand, I think, when it comes to neo-Nazi ideology. Is James Mason still alive? Yeah. So James Mason's uh, still alive. He's in his 60s. Um, he's believed to live in Denver. But we, we couldn't get in contact with him. We tried. He sees Atomoff and guys like they go to his house. There's pictures of Denton with James Mason. Um, you know they've got their Nazi regalia on. They're zigging all over the place and they're holding up various far right books, kind of posing. Um, I know that he does a little podcast now over the phone, which I believe Denton and his little circle um, they make that happen. Uh, the website Siege Culture is their website, which is where Denton and all the Atomoff and those guys put up all of uh, James Mason's stuff. And a little while ago, there was quite an obvious turn. So it was very, you know, National Socialist, Siege, the aesthetic was there. And then all of a sudden, there started being these kind of more satanic vibes. So there was pictures of Charles Manson. There was uh, an Order of Nine Angles patch in one of the photos there was like blood dripped on to some kind of paper, which had been seen in some other uh, satanic far-right stuff that Denton is linked to. So I think his influence is quite obvious. And there's even a, a picture of James Mason reading this book called Iron Gates, which is, it's reading, you have to read that book apparently to be in Atomoff. And then I, I remember I read the first part of it and basically it's about this kind of apocalyptic wasteland. And in the first scene, uh, a crowd of people tear a, infant apart and eat it like that's you know and that's required reading for atom often and there's a picture of james mason reading that so you know you can understand these guys are seriously extreme but there's been uh as as you teased earlier in the show since since the the satanic stuff about denton has come out and since the propublica piece has come out there's been a split internally right can you talk about that a little bit yeah sure so there's been a split um, I think it started when this guy Vex, like I mentioned, he started outing um, Denton as this Satanist and Denton and a few other guys, Kimer and some other of his, his kind of comrades uh, in, the, in the top kind of echelon started to say, yeah, we are Satanists, kind of, so what? Like, I don't care about this, I don't care about that. Um, you know, we don't believe in, I think, I think his argument was like, we don't believe in certain standards of uh, morality. That's why we're Satanists or whatever. But it didn't, it didn't really tee up with some of the original Atomwaffen members and a load of them have left. Um, they departed because they didn't want to be a part of this kind of satanic circle. Um, and then a lot of these members have formed their own group. Now, I don't think they have a name yet, but they have started a website called fashcast.org. So it's very obvious if you look at it, it has a lot of the old Atomwaffen aesthetic. It just doesn't mention Atomwaffen. And there's no kind of, you know, satanic imagery. So they've split now. Um, I have no idea what Atomoffin are doing now. I don't know if, you know, Denton and those guys will just scuttle it and start something else. But they've been incredibly quiet. Um, there's a group in the UK called System Resistance Network. And for a while, even they were styling themselves as the kind of UK Atomoffin. And they released a video recently called Splitting the Atom, where they're like burning an Atomoffin flag and, you know, saying they're no longer... Um, anything to do with them because of this satanic stuff so yeah it's definitely a big rupture in their ranks now but you know we'll, we'll see what happens i mean 
maybe they'll just vanish now. I definitely think the article made a big difference because a lot of them got quite scared and they just kind of vanished. I know that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I think maybe Denton and them guys might just, you know, fall into this satanic circle and, uh, you know, a new atom often will rear its head. Jake Hanrahan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks very much. Big fun. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much to Jake Hanrahan again for sharing that story with us. And thank you so much for listening. War College is me, Matthew Galt, and Jason, Jason Fields. You can find us on Twitter at war underscore college or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash war college podcast. Jason and I have been busy the past month and we've had a lot of fascinating conversations. The next few weeks, you're going to hear from a nuclear anthropologist, learn what happened to the French military after World War I, and get an update on Russia from a friend of the show, Mark Galliotti. As always, we appreciate your support. If you like us, please rate us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. And if you leave a review, we just might read it on the air.